Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cash Talk. And uh, today I'm joined by a very special guest and a friend of mine, Adam Rice. Adam Rice is a chef for hire or a gun for hire when it comes to quality eating and um, also with um, certain eating dietary requirements and whatnot. But today we're actually going to be gelling a little bit both of our expertise when it comes to eating well and spending well, okay? Um, So Adam, before we get started, thanks very much for jumping on. Hi, hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. No, that's great, mate. That's great. Now, Adam, for the listeners and the viewers that are kind of um, jumping on board, um, there's a lot of things that I see on my side of things when it comes to eating. It's it's one of their biggest bills of most households. Um, you know, they're spending in regards to the grocery shop, they're spending in regards to the food shop. And it being in a household as well, where I've got two boys and, you know, it's me and my wife, we, you know, a lot of our allocation goes towards eating. And in your in your field, like, is, do you have any kind of tips and tricks or, or things, or maybe we might start where you see some common problems in regards to maybe people spending on on things that they shouldn't? Yeah, totally. So I guess I'll I'll start with a quick frame around what I do. Um, mm. I run a business as a personal chef, so I work with you know high end clients, helping them to manage personalized services, and you know they go away for a week and they have me and I sort all their food out. And I also work particularly with dietaries. And then I run a coaching business as well that helps busy mums cook for families with dietary limitations. So we do pantry audits and shopping lists and meal plan guides and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and yeah, one thing that uh, I see quite often where people get a bit stuck with the spending on their food is the lack of planning around uh, shopping and pantry lists and stuff. And it's similar to, to what you guys teach at, at, um, at the AFA group. You know, you want to build up your war chest. And it, when we find that we, we're buying things last minute at the supermarket because I'm busy and then all of a sudden you've got to do the whole week shop in one go, that's when the costs go up. And so one thing that we really focus on here at BFB and my um, B2C stuff is helping to craft a pantry list and a, and a, a freezer store and all that sort of thing so that it's always topped up so that you're never having to run out of stuff and then go and get everything. Mm-hmm. And so having a solid pantry list is going to be a really great start for how to save money. And ways that we can do that is by um, Asian grocers and the Indian grocers and the NQRs and the Costco's mm-hmm. are a really good place to start because you can buy bulk spices, oils, mayonnaises, bread, tomatoes, um, and all that sort of stuff at bulk or at a cheaper price. And then having that, those sort of ingredients always in your pantry means that you're not having to go to the Woolworths and the Coles last minute to get those things. And so that's just one place where to start where you can save money is, um, is yeah, planning to have a stock pantry with all that stuff. And you shop for that sort of thing, you know, once a month or once every three months. And, you know, you're writing your list of when that runs out so that when you plan your shop, you're able to, um, you've already, you know what you're going to do. And because and one Adam, thing that I do, 
Sorry, Sorry I was just gonna I was just gonna interrupt there. It's it's very a very, very good point in regards to planning because even in obviously my own household, which I see every day, there seems to be the wastage as well too. So not only is it the save like the savings in regards to planning, but it's also the flip off in regards to food wastage as well too, because that planning, you're buying maybe, I don't know, tomato sauce or you're buying whatever it's gonna be, but that's not getting used. If you plan wisely, then your usage will also drop. And you'll have actually less wastage as well. So you're having less wastage in the hip pocket and you're having less wastage actually in food wastage as well. A hundred percent. First is is where a lot of money does go in the bin. And um, you know, I find that a lot of people they'll they'll make a big dinner or they'll make a um they'll decide to make heaps of pasta sauce or whatever, and you know, they don't take the time to pack down and freeze it or they don't make a second use out of it, or you know, they overcook and don't have repurpose strategies for for food that is sitting in the fridge and then it goes and then ends up going in the bin so yeah food wastage reduction that's it is literally just money in the bin you know i've worked in restaurants before where the kitchen hands write down what goes in the bin we've actually done audits of what food goes scraped off the plates into the bin so we can not put so much food um on the plate and then therefore the customer doesn't eat as much and then therefore it doesn't end up in the bin so making use of food wastage and, you know, scraps and peels and all those sorts of things are a really good way to save money. So, Adam, there's obviously families now, especially in today's day and age, where there's different dietary requirements for different people. You know, um, they might be a vegetarian, they might be a vegan, they might be keto, they might be whatever. And for me, I look at that and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the shopping list is like crazy and and, and the bills that, are, uh, that accompany that would be crazy. And obviously, this is something that you specialize in. And what about for those those households where, you know, it might be the husband or the wife or, or the parent or whatever, cooking for that family and they find themselves cooking for four different people? Well, it's again, it goes back to planning, like planning that shop. It's, you know, for me, one of the one of the, the biggest additions to cost is having a shop at Coles and Woolworths. Even if you do that like once a month, having to buy all those ingredients, like a, a say 10 grams of, cumin seeds will cost you a dollar twenty at the Asian grocer if you buy half a kilo of it, or it's going to cost you a dollar twenty for fifty grams at the supermarket. And so when it comes to managing dietaries, you know, planning those ingredients, because you know, things like gluten-free flour and gluten-free pasta and all that stuff at the supermarket are super expensive. But if you plan and buy that stuff online, or you plan and go to a, you know, a specialized um kind of gluten-free supermarket or you can find that stuff at the Costco's and or you sort of maybe even adjust your menu you know you don't need to eat gluten-free pasta and gluten-free bread and all these things every single day by just thinking creatively about cost-effective ingredients that you're serving on a day-to-day basis you ended up saving a lot on food cost long term if that makes sense mm, definitely definitely and I think I think the other thing that I get as well too is is the association between you know, and obviously at one point it is, but not like I want to spend money on groceries because I want good food. I want it to taste nice. Yeah. So can we, can we myth bust this a little bit, Adam? Because I think it is a bit of a myth, isn't it? It's totally a myth, you know, like what's, you know, like what's define like what's the greater tasting food? Are we talking about an $8 jar of pasta sauce because we think it's the better brand because it's 
or is, you know, that's where people kind of go wrong. But if mm. you go to the market, and one of the best places to save money is on a Sunday market at a Sunday afternoon when they're doing all their discounts and specials and getting rid of all their stuff. Uh, you can buy a box of tomatoes off those guys for 10 bucks sometimes mm. at the end of the week, you know, especially when they're in season. And so we get we get lost in this idea of having to buy the best quality products, meaning that it's going to taste the, the greatest. Whereas, you know, if you just learn how to season and balance food properly, we're using good quality olive oil and good quality mm. sea salt with fresh herbs and some garnish and pickles and stuff. You're going to mm. save a bunch of money because you're not, you know, let's say pulled pork. Let's use pulled mm. pork, for example. You can go to the supermarket and buy a pulled pork pack for four mm. people and that amount of meat is probably going to cost you four. Whereas you can go to an Asian butcher uh, and mm -hmm. Australian food standards are more or less the same, you know, like you can go to an Asian butcher and buy the same amount of pork for literally about seven or eight bucks for half a kilo or whatever, a $2 thing of barbecue sauce and you've got onions and garlic and you brace it yourself and it actually tastes even better because mm -hmm. it doesn't have the preservatives and the stabilizers and, and the, you know, those things that the nasties in it and then cooking things in bulk. Like when, whenever you think about bulk production of food, that's a, definitely always a decrease in, in quality and product. But you know, there's also the time-saving factor on there too, which we, we can, you know, discuss yeah. too. Yeah. And, and Adam, it's, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, as financial advisors, we're always looking at obviously the money side and to take that to a more granular. And that's why I obviously really wanted to have you on. It's a really around when you see that line item of groceries. And, you know, these days I'll be saying that most grocery bills that we're seeing, and we're not talking about the toiletries and stuff like that, we're literally just talking food. Most people I'm seeing is four to 500 bucks a week. Yeah, it's one of the biggest spends yeah. that they've got in that bottom line of 400 to 500 bucks a week. But I grew up in a household where I was very fortunate that I lived next to, next door to my World War Two, uh, you know, ex World War like uh, post World War Two grandparents, and they come from Malta, um, very diverse range in regards to their food. Okay, they've got the pastas, they've got the pastries, they've all got all of that. And what you're saying to me actually brings me a bit of reflection because this is what my grandfather used to do. Exactly what you're saying to do, Adam. He, you know, he'd sit down with my grandmother. They'd plan out their week in regards to what they're going to cook for the week. He'd go out, he'd source it, he'd go to those specialised butchers, he'll go to those specialised veg, you know, vegetable places, he'd get what he needs to get done. And I can assure you, when my grandfather, when my nunnel was cooking, yeah, I'd say, see your mum, I'm going to go see nunnel so I could get, you know, get a taste of his food. So they didn't have a big spend, but they had that quality. And yes, it would come after years and years of probably those seasoning techniques and, and doing what it needs to do. Um so, yeah, definitely a miss bus. But I think the other one you're hitting on at the moment, so you've got the money allocation, but then the other one is time. You know, you've got these, let's call it just traditionally, those busy mums, they're raising a couple of kids, they jump onto Coles online or they're jumping onto whatever and they're just going, this is easy, put a list in, and they go, bang, yeah? Um, yeah. Yeah. How do That's 30% more. Okay, That's 30% more. Do that, although, you know, I work with a lot of clients that, you know, they don't have food budgets, but people are food mm. conscious. They don't want to be spending huge amounts of money on stuff mm. that they don't need. And I think personally is a week by week plan actually ends up being more expensive and more time consuming. Whereas if you can plan, not plan, because we all like to eat on the fly. Like, what do you feel like for dinner is way better than sticking to a meal plan. So we don't do meal plans. Like we teach you how to fill your cupboard increase your culinary repertoire so you've got 
plenty of recipes and ingredients in your head and in your pantry. So then when you go, oh, I just feel like pasta, it's already there. Like it's already in your fridge, it's already in your cupboard. So, you know, planning, filling your cupboard cost effectively from like the Costco and stuff mm-hmm. and the, you know, the Asian, the Asian gross and whatnot, have full pan like a prepper. Like think of your pantry like a prepper. Go and buy the pickles, go and buy discounted chutneys, go all these stuff when you're sitting in the supermarket. And even if you do have to go to Coles, when you see mm-hmm. a $2 thing of chutney, like buy it. And mm-hmm. so by doing that, then you only need weekly fresh produce top-ups. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll get to time in a moment. And then also like being smart with secondary cuts of meat is a real time saver as well. We think mm-hmm. we need to have, I fill it for dinner, but a piece of rump, a good quality piece of rump is just as good, if not better, you know? So then mm-hmm. it comes down to the time factor as well, because we're all super busy and we don't have time, but we all want to eat well. And so mm-hmm. the way that I, well, the way that we teach our clients is mm-hmm. that we'll have our set pantry of the dishes that we love every week. Cause every week you're going to have bolognese once a week, you're going to have roast or whatever it is. And they're relatively cost effective things, but we do also like to have variety. So what we do is we'll go, okay, so Monday we know we're having bolognese and who cares if that's Monday, Wednesday or Friday, we've got the beef in the freezer. We've got onions, we've got tomato, we've got pasta. So then when we have those things that we've planned for the fortnight and, you know, buy chickens when they're on special and freeze them. And so, this is when we start to be able to save time because it's when we're shopping day by day or week by week, or, you know, if you go find that you're shopping on Monday and then you're shopping on Thursday, every time you go shopping, it's two hours, it's three hours, you know, like people who love to shop, that's great, but people love to shop, but they don't quite realize how much time they're spending every time they duck down to the supermarket to pick up a loaf of bread and this and this and this because they forgot it. But then, They've spent all the extra money that they could have saved by just having the loaves of bread in the freezer and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And I was going to say to you, Adam, so like once people like go from their old way to their new way and, you know, what, what you've taught them in regards to their techniques on stocking up and, and, and shopping, how much time do you reckon they actually allocate to their meals throughout that week? Well, it's phenomenal because, you know, I think like one thing that I notice is is we only know the cooking behaviors and habits that we've picked up from our parents or mm. so we think we have to chop the carrot but mm. like i i do a dish like you can just get whole carrots peel them whole roast them and then put them straight on the plate with rocket parmesan dressing nuts and you didn't have to do a thing you know oh you sold me already mate we're having this at nearly dinner time and you already sold me on the carrots <laughs> totally yeah, and, and because i think because i think and again like chopping is where that takes a lot of time. Chopping and prepping takes a lot of time. And so like I tell a lot of my clients, if you're feeling lazy, like just roast the veg whole and cut it up on the plate, like cut it up as you're serving it and bang, well, the kids can cut off as much as they want. And Mm -hmm. so when we change the way that we, we think we need to do things, all of a sudden cooking becomes easy because if we've got a full pantry and we've got a full fridge, and I don't do meal prep as such. I, I, I don't know what to call it, but I organize. So when I go shopping yeah. and I do my big shop, I'll pick all my herbs and I'll mm-hmm. chop all my, and I'll prep all my veg and I'll make slaw. So I'll make a big mm-hmm. slaw and I'll use that for six things. I'll use it for stir fry, I'll use it for fur, I'll use it for mm-hmm. veggies, I'll use it for salad. So by having one big thing of slaw, you can have multiple uses. And then when you learn how to season and balance and make food taste good, which doesn't require any cost, it's like fat, mm. sugar, salt, herbs, mm. dressings, garnish, textures, 
by doing that, you're going to have epic food every time, but it hasn't it hasn't cost you the world. And how many times have you spent all this time making a roast and it was average, right? Because you because we miss that vital piece of seasoning and balancing along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We teach Definitely. people how to cook, how to make food taste good. It becomes much easier because you just go, oh, I've got that, I've got that, I know how to season it, bang, and then all of a sudden you're your own personal chef. One of one of the other things, and that's really that's really good, and and the 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 ability to use one dish across several different things is a time saver and a money saver just in itself. But the other thing as well, too, Adam, is I also hear that like little things like expiry dates and before dates, okay? Like people are very, very strict on that stuff. Obviously, when you're going to places like Coles and Woolworths, they've got those and they're, they're strict. Now, when I was growing up, my dad used to laugh at me and used to say, you know, oh, you still got a few days left in them. So the other thing is, is there a way to kind of once you've cooked and you've stored, like what's your best method on, all right, nah, that's not the best time. Like, you've got to get rid of that. Like, is there any tips in regards to that? Totally. Well, for one, if in doubt, chuck it out. If it smells sus, if it's looking fuzzy, if it's smelling a bit iffy, just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So the rule that we use in a, in a restaurant mm-hmm. um, is a little bit different to the rules we use at home. So anything that's okay. been prepared and cooked, you've got four days, uh, you've got two days to freeze it or you've got four days to consume it. So okay. fresh meat, like chicken, this is not fish is different. So fish is three days, never four. And then mm-hmm. beef and chicken is like is never six, right? Yeah, if you tips. don't think you're going to eat it, like freeze it early. The, if you can mm-hmm. preserve your stuff earlier, it's going to last better in the freezer. But take mm-hmm. the time, like, you know, if you put something in a takeaway container that mm-hmm. ices on the top, put it mm-hmm. in a cryovac bag or put it in a Ziploc bag and remove the air out of it zip it up and then lay it flat in your freezer. And then if you do that with apple, pasta sauce, bolognese, blah, 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 then all of a sudden you've got like a filing cabinet in your freezer of, of things that, um, you know, that you've already pre-prepared. So understanding if something's going to expire, use it or freeze mm-hmm. it. And I don't recommend freezing like fresh vegetables. Never, like I'll never serve frozen mashed mm-hmm. potato. So it's using that thing. So, oh, I'm not sure about that. You may sort of freeze it and have a plan with something else. And then, you know, you've got it. Like using your freezer and your pantry is like your war chest for your financial storage mm-hmm. is one of the mm-hmm. smartest things that people can do. And then going back to how you make your food taste good, you make your food taste good with fresh herbs, good olive oil, good sea salt, good pepper, things like milka, things mm-hmm. like, you know, your favorite chutney, your favorite pickle. Those are what make your food taste good. And having herbs and dressings and garnishes in your food, that's what gives it wow. It's yeah. not the best quality ingredients, not the best quality steak. I've had the best quality steak and it's been under season and it's been terrible. If you've got sacks of sea salt in your, in your cupboard, throw it in the bin right now. Go buy good quality Himalayan salt or and some sea salt and good quality olive oil and just even citrus, you know, citruses mm. and vinegars and those things. That's what's going to make your food taste great. And then herbs. Like, I can't stand picking herbs. does my head in. But if you want to be lazy, grab the bunch, chop it off, put it in water, spin it, straighten the container into your fridge. And then every time you cook, like, you've got fresh coriander, you've got fresh parsley, you've got fresh all these things, you know. At the end of the and, day, and these, and these, the left. And I was just going to say, from a money perspective. Okay. No, go, ads. Go, go, go. Uh, make chimichurri. You know, at the end of the week, make chimichurri, make salsa verde. Make marinades, mm. freeze it, blend all your herbs and freeze it down in ice cubes and put it in the freezer and then chuck it in your pasta sauce the next day, you know? 
what I was going to say to you, and those those are amazing tips, and and I'm just honestly I'm taking it all in, and I'm sure that sure that all the the viewers and listeners are too. But I, I was gonna um I was gonna say to you as well too that a lot of the things that you're talking about are what probably people don't initially think about. Like they're thinking about like they have to get the best quality meat. I cook it on the pan or I grill it or whatever I'm going to do and it's going to taste good. But really, you're not saying that, are you? You're saying that kind of no. the quality of the meat isn't the game changer. It's the seasoning. It's the things you do around it. It's like the add-ons that really do that. And which, and yeah. from my perspective, I don't think that the Himalayan salt, um, you know, an average steak with Himalayan salt and some good seasonings is going to be more expensive than getting the, um, the top cut, you know, or the best cut of meat. It's how you cook it. You know, like you can spend $35 a kilo. I think like salmon at the moment is $37 a kilo. And if you broil it in the pan without seasoning, it's going to be rubbish. But if you if you score the skin and salt the skin and cook the skin slowly on the pan and then bake it skin down in the oven, drizzle with olive oil, lemon juice, your favorite dressing, your favorite chutney, some potatoes that have been seasoned well, you know, mm-hmm. everyone loves it and it's easy, you know. It's how you yeah. season and balance your dish is what makes it taste amazing. And what you do around the product is, mm-hmm. you know, that's why the Japanese restaurants with the amazing Wagyu, that's why they're charging $75 for 150 grams of Wagyu because they've got the best techniques, you know. And when you refine your techniques and you refine your balancing and garnishes and stuff and, you know, that's when your food's going to taste, wow, it's got nothing to do with, it's got nothing to do with the quality of product. Like, sure, like I don't, in saying that, like I don't recommend people go and buy Safeway steak. Like it's rubbish. I don't care what you pay for it. I've had the best Safeway in Coles. I fill it and I've tried to season it and cook it as best I can. And it's still trash, you know? Yeah. So go to the butcher, yeah? You, you're saying go to the butcher, butchers, go like to the veggie stores. You're saying go out of the main mainstream, main production areas. Is that what you're saying? I yeah I look I only really shop at the Coles and the Woolworths when I'm desperate and when, yeah. <laughs> or if I don't but the the challenge with that is right is you know going to the market's a great idea but if you go to the market you've always got to go to the supermarket like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten and you have to go to the supermarket for these things like olive oil spices mm-hmm. pastas tomato sauce blah 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 so if you've got all that stuff at home then you get to go to the market grab your fresh produce come home and if you don't have something just like wing it just change it because if yeah. you know how to season and balance and use techniques it doesn't matter if you don't have it like mm-hmm. if i don't have a key ingredient in something that i'm cooking i just change the dish or i just adjust it or i just you know what i mean i get it i get it now as this has been some great tips you know you've, you've talked to, you talked to everyone not just about saving time you've also talked about them making their, their, their food taste better um and ultimately for me from a financial advice perspective and saving them a ton of money you know, if you're talking about a grocery bill being 500 bucks a week and you can make that 400 bucks a week, you're saving yourself $5,000, over $5,000 a year and making, getting time back and making your food taste better. So Ads, this and your food's tasting better. This, is, this, is, this has been really, really great and really, really loved having you on board. Um, Adam, obviously you work a lot with busy mums. Um, you know, a lot of our clientele are young families and, and busy um, and, and busy in their own right. If, the, if you had to leave them maybe with one or two just quick tips or, or something to always remember, what are they? Well, number one is stop overthinking it. You know, we give ourselves such a hard time, I think, about everything's got to be perfect or everything's got to be dressed well. 
Um, and stop, don't overthink it. Like, just cook it. If you if you use good quality olive oil and sea salt and pepper, it'd be amazing. And the other thing is stop cooking for other people. Cook for yourself. Like, one thing, I used to work in high-end restaurants, and I, as a personal chef, I put myself under so much pressure to cook for that person and do the thing that I think that they wanted. And I detached from myself, gave myself more stress, more anxiety. My food didn't even taste that good. But when I sort of said, effort, I'm just going to cook the food that I want to eat, um, mm-hmm. my food tastes better and everyone loved it more. Love it. Love it, Ads. Love Should it, we, Ads. The other thing about is fussy kids, right, you know, because mm-hmm. fussy kids, the busy mums have got fussy kids and it's always a challenge to um, to do. And one thing that I've learned um, working, I don't have kids myself, engaged with food. So get the kids to peel the carrots or get the kids to cut the shapes with the thing or get the kids to play with the colours rather than trying to spoon feed the children. Get play, think of games that you can have around food. Have you seen that thing? It's on TikTok at the moment where they do a, it's like a, a plastic tablecloth and they dump the pasta sauce on the table and they dump the bolognese on the table and the kids eat off the table. It's just oh, such wow. an amazing thing. Like, yeah, playing with food, man, it's it's the best. And I think that comes with everything. And and for, you know, the mothers and fathers out there with young kids as well too that, um, you know, are fussy eaters, you know, I think that's a great tip, Adam, being able to gamify it. You know, we use we use that stuff in regards to financial literacy for young children as well. If we can gamify it, well, what's the difference between them playing the Nintendo Switch or, you know, turning their carrots into wands and trying to be, uh, you know, the next Harry Potter? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then, you know, and it goes back to this kind of, you know, when mum's in the kitchen and she's stressed out, I use this example, one minute I'm in the kitchen having a good time, the next minute I've burnt the cauliflower and cheese and I'm lying on the floor crying, right? Because we've got so much going on in our lives and we give ourselves so much pressure and the dinner's got to be perfect because it's got to be great around the family and blah, blah, blah. Like the dinner's always going to be better if it's stress-free and and take the pressure off it and go, oh, bugger it. You know what? I'm just going to roast some potatoes. I'm going to cook the steak and we're going to sit and we're going to eat with our hands or we're going to just put it in wraps and just yeah, take the pressure off and stop giving yourself a hard time and just cook for you and cook for fun and enjoy what you're doing. And that's what brings people together. And that's what creates nourishment and fun around our family, you know? Yeah, that's really good tips, Ads. That's really good tips. Now, Ads, obviously, um, you know, you're a great resource for this this cohort and for people that, you know, want to save and kind of uh, and want to, you know, really kind of get their dietary requirements in order and, and do certain things uh, with their with their kitchen. Um where can people find you to learn a little bit more about what you do and how, how you can help? Uh, so you can go to our website, betterfoodbureau.com, and in there there's a free cookbook, which is bit, uh, written for gluten-free and dairy-free. And in that there's an example of, one, the sensory impact model, how to make great food taste good with what you have in your pantry revolved around seasoning and balance. There's also a pantry list and a shopping list and a recipe list or everything in the recipe book is in the pantry list. So if you put all the stuff in your pantry, then you get your produce list. You can cook everything in the cookbook based off the recipes. And that's the that's the, the ethos and the theory that we have. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can join our free Facebook group, Cooking for Gluten-Free, um, or mm-hmm. follow us on our socials, Better Food Bureau. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Adam, for all of your great tips. And once again, thanks for jumping on. I'm sure we'll have another edition of this uh, where we're diving into another topic because uh, food is definitely on the mind of many people, especially at my household. So thanks, Ads. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. What a great chat. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. 
And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.